the Junior Kekoema Jr. Show, starring Junior Kekoema Jr. Join Junior and the Wayne Hay Band as he makes any kind from Hawaii. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Junior Kekoema Jr. This is unreal, man. Uh, Mahalo, we'd like to thank you guys. But we'd like to thank everybody that, that is making the podcast possible. But we, so, so we get, uh, we, we get legal advice now, okay? So, so, uh, my, my friend, my attorney friend, right? I get all kinds of friends, bro. I get, I get friends on two sides of the aisle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get, like, we get the attorney friends over there. And we get the criminal friends over there. It's right in the middle. We get everybody, like regular guys, in the middle, bro. So we like to say, uh, Mahalo, I thank you for joining us on the podcast. Bro, uh, we get countries for thank. Well, we want to say thank you to the United Kingdom, to Canada, Australia, South Africa, Germany, and Belgium. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, and these guys are getting us, uh, we, you know, we, we're on different, uh, we, so we're on different services, right? And we get different platforms. And we, we was using, um, we was using different music. And then, uh, we was advised, they said, uh, you know, Junior, this thing is taking off so big in different countries. It's international copyrights. And then you get, you get, you know, United States copyrights. And every time somebody listens to the thing, you know, it's like the cash register ringing, uh, for those guys. And then we said, oh, well, we have this music that we did long time ago. Uh, Mr. Wayne Borhe wrote this piece called Junior's Team. And it belongs to Voice Master Enterprises. And he goes, boom. He said, boom. There you go. Right there. Right there. Okay. So I'm like, oh, okay. All right. All right. I get him. I get him. I get him. Right? Because bro, if we use the other ones, you see what I'm saying? Oh, bro. We use the other ones. And so so we get some stats for you guys. Uh, we wanted, remember, we were 72%, right? 72% on Apple Podcasts. Well, guess what, Hawaiians? We're up to 75% on Apple Podcasts. That means more people on Apple Podcasts is pulling us up. And then Spotify is 10%. Okay. And uh, Anchor, which is our home, our home base, is 11%. But we have this uh, distribution thing going on. So we, we're having it distributed. And uh, the distribution is good because it goes to different, different services and stuff. Now, in the United States, bro, Hawaii, we want to thank Hawaii. Hawaii is going down a little bit. They came in at 60%. But that's just because people, you know, in other people in the world are discovering a podcast. And, um, you know, for years and years, we've been branding. And we were branding on a worldwide entity on Clear Channel and then on iHeartMedia, right, when they sold. And then before that, I mean, we had the web. We had the website. People was listening on island98.5.com. And then, uh, so so we went all over the place. I mean, we, didn't, we, didn't, we never even know where we was going. Right, but the branding we knew that the branding was going out in the world someplace. So uh, hopefully now people will, hey, I remember that name, <laughs> like wherever they are in the world, right? So we like to thank those guys. Hey, so uh, California, wow, California is listening. Texas, uh, Texas is actually up to eight percent. They started at one percent. So there's people in Texas listening to us. Hey, Marlo, thank you very much. And Virginia, Montana, Nevada, Utah. Oh my goodness, wow. Look at that. Look at that. Virginia, like 3%, used to be 1%. Um, 
Washington, Washington State, New Jersey, Tennessee, Massachusetts, New York, Oregon, uh, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and and Arizona. We'd like to thank you guys. Oh man, it, it it's been a it's been a ride, bro. I'm telling you, we we only been doing this since September. And, and everything is just boom, boom, boom. Like every day, the stats go up. Every day, the listenership goes up. Every day, more, you know. And so, so we're very grateful. We're very grateful. Uh, you know, my marketing director, Will, told me, he said, hey, in one year, bro, one year, you're going to have enough people, you know, to, 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 like, like you was on the radio station. You're going to have that many people, but it takes about one year. He goes, when you get to the two year mark, bro, a lot of people going to know about your podcast. And so, and so, and I, and I told him, no, nah, really? He said, hey, just shut up and do the podcast. I said, okay. Uh, he's a local boy. He's from the West Side. <laughs> West Side. And so, so I like West Side guys. I mean, West Side, represent West Side. West Side? Okay, West Side, right? Because, bro, they tell you straight, right? You get guys in town and go, uh, well, you know, uh, it could be that, uh, you know. Bro, I no more time for that. I no more time for that. I'm, I, I work. I work. I get plenty of work for do. And then, so, so I like Will. He tell me straight. He goes, just shut up and do the podcast. I was like, okay, I'm going to do the podcast. No worries, no worries. Okay. So today, well, you know, I wanted to tell you guys, I wanted to talk to you guys about, about the law of attraction and how it worked in my life. Just how it worked in my life. So, so the stuff in my life, you guys got to know that I, I didn't go to it. It came to me, right? And I was attracting this stuff. Like a lot of people, you know, when they, when they get jobs or their careers, right? They go, 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 right? They go to college. They go to school, specialty school, business school, trade school, right? And they go to the school. When they graduate, boom, boom, boom. They're hitting the trail. They're looking for jobs. They're looking for, you know, that kind, right? Okay. So my life wasn't like that. Um, my life was a little bit, you know, a little bit. I, w- I went to go look for jobs for radio and a little bit, you know, but everything came to me. There was There was times where... You know, cause, cause so, so you guys gotta know Rory Wild, right? I was on his show for eighteen years, right? That that whole thing just came to me. But most importantly, Rory Wild was there for me before that. A lot of people don't know that. Right? Nobody knows that. I mean, well, people know now. I you know I say it on the podcast because you know I always believe in giving credit where credit is due. Rory gave me plenty jobs. He got me in rent to own, rent to own Waipahu, then Dow rent to own. Well, well, after after the Waipahu one, we went to. Uh, he he went to, um, uh, was that budget furniture in IA, and and then he and I said, hey, bro, I like going over there. He got me in over there, right? And then he went down rent to own. I said, hey, Rory, I like going down rent to own. Down rent to own. Every place he went, bro, he would pull me inside. All these big jobs, and I mean, we made money. I mean, we made we made money. He made more money because he was a manager, you know. But I but bro, I mean, compared to some other stuffs, I mean. I could have been digging in ditch for five dollars. You know what I mean? Five dollars an hour. Well, I was doing radio for five dollars an hour at the time, so that's why those jobs was important because we made real money. I mean, you know, repo furniture, bring down the credit, get bonus. You know, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Bro, it was unreal, right? And then after Dow rent to own, bro, I went back to rent a center, right? And then, and then, you know, but 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 before that, I mean, you know. Bro, I was I was doing radio. I was kind of you know, but these jobs just came. I mean, you know, I made a phone call. I had to ask. Of course, I had to ask. But you know, it says in the Bible, "Ask and ye shall receive." It also says in Mark twenty one twenty two, right? Okay, I'll go paraphrase because I know I'm Bible guy, but I I just know where it is. If you guys like look in the Bible, Mark twenty one to twenty two, 
get we just read them mark 21 and then 22 is that the kind the line right read the whole chapter read the whole chapter in there uh read the whole chapter 21 it will open your eyes and it says kind of like you know if you pray believing you're going to receive you're going to receive basically that's what it says and and you know so that's the law of attraction now i didn't know about the law of attraction way back okay i just i just you know but but now when when i you know 10 years ago i started doing this 10 years ago we started using the law of attraction for our students at the school 10 years ago i started applying the law of attraction to my life and everything came everything came to me I didn't have to go to it, right? I mean, including one agent in, in the mainland, one, one major agent that actually went to Las Vegas and he went to Las Vegas and, and presented us, you know, uh, uh, like we was going to do one show, right? And, and so he was he was pitching us to, to people in Las Vegas. And I mean, I didn't have to go, you know, I didn't have to go to Orlando, Florida, where he was uh, for him to do that. I just, you know... He came to me. I mean, we had friends that, you know, recommended that kind of stuff. And he came to me. Everything came to me within the last 10 years after I started applying this, this technology. It's not technology. It's just a, it's a technique, but it's, it's ancient and it's built into every human being. So now I'm going to tell you guys the story about, about the law of attraction and wrestling. Okay. So, bro, I was a kid and I was watching wrestling. Okay. I did plenty of stuff in my life. I did a lot of things in my life. And and I was very blessed to do these things. Uh, blessed because my heart kept beating and I was alive. I mean, you know, the law of attraction is in you. Okay, God is in you. Okay, so when I was a kid, wow, we used to watch wrestling, right? Elementary school time. We used to stay up late on Friday night and we used to watch big time wrestling. Big time wrestling. We used to watch the matches and then had locker room interviews, right? Right, the fifth grade, we was in the bathroom. Well, I was in the bathroom. We used to use chopstick and stuff, whatever, for the microphone, right? We used to pretend we was on TV, and we used to interview. We used to do all kind of nuts kind of stuff, bro. I mean, bro, out in the playground, bro. We was pile driving dudes. I mean, bro, we must have created a few concussions, bro. I tell you, we was body slamming each other. We, I mean, you know, and the, the teacher, most of the time, the teacher would stop the, the you know, the action, right? As soon as we grab, as soon as we grab our friend, my friend Richard, my friend Richard, right? Well, they call him Richard. Uh, to the re- and to the Republic for Richard stands, right? Richard. His name was Richard, right? But <laughs> call him Richard. Hey, Richard. So, so, bro, I used to grab him because he was small. He was Filipino. He was a small guy, bro. He was, he was really, he was light. So I used to grab him, right? One time I didn't grab him, the teacher goes, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so I had to put him down. But, but yeah, I was going to body slam him. But, you know, when you're fifth grade, bro, you, you don't think about, you know, you don't think about, okay, if I body slam him and he get hurt, well, we wasn't thinking that. We was just thinking. We was having fun. You know, Richard was down. He goes, yeah, body slam me. Go ahead. You know what I mean? Bro, he was tough. You know what I mean? So he was doing all these kind of nuts kind of stuff, right? And that was fifth grade. So later on in life, right? So here, here goes the, the years go by, the years go by, fifth grade, graduate high school, right? Now I'm in radio and I'm doing radio, you know, in Honolulu, right? I'm doing radio because in my mind, right? I'm thinking, okay, we're going to do radio and that going to lead to me doing music. You know, if I do, if I do radio, then I can do my music because I go be around the, the music guys and, 
and the music industry and all of that and oh they're gonna let me in and pretty soon you know later on i could do my music well uh <laughs> wrong okay never happened that way but that's another podcast so so i'm i'm in a radio station right and this was korl radio was on was on am station and this was way back in in 96 okay and and one day right these people come over to the radio station right and um it's the rock's grandmother you know i can tell you guys this because you know this power the the rock's grandmother and her business partner come over leah Maivia. now i knew her husband so so you know when i look back at the law of attraction of all of this bro this was this was happening like like kind of plenty because like, i met her husband years before that right at, at central y and he was training siva afi this wrestler and so so i met him Bro, we used to sit down, smoke cigarette, and eat hamburger steak plate at, at you know, right out in front, had a small cafe, right, one concession. Bro, we used to sit down, and sometimes I had cigarette, I used to give him. Sometimes he had cigarette, he used to give me. He was the nicest man. I mean, he was quiet, but when, when he started talking story like that, oh, it was good fun. And this guy was on high chief. He wasn't just on regular chief. He was, this guy had, had status in, in the community. I mean, he was, he was on high chief. And, and so, so I met him, right? You know, every, and then the years went by and then I lost contact and then, you know, I started doing a lot of stuff and, you know, I, I never go to the wire too much. And then, you know, we lost contact and then he passed away. God rest his soul. He was good to me. Oh, bro, he was so good to me. And, you know, I miss him, right? Cause we used to talk star and then, and I knew he was famous, right? Cause I used to watch him on TV when I was a kid in fifth grade. And then, then I end up, you know, when I was 18, 19, I was sitting down in the in the cafe with him, smoking cigarettes and eating hamburger steak plate. I'm like, whoa. So so that was the law of attraction. Okay. Now we move forward. Now it's 1980, now 80, what is it, 86? It was 1986 now. I'm at KRL Radio as a disc jockey, right? I'm, I'm doing the weekend. I'm doing production, you know. So, so. We went, so these guys came to the radio station, the promotion kind of stuff, and we met them. Oh, hi, Mrs. Maivia. Oh, I knew your husband, Peter. We started talking story, right? So we started talking story, talking story. Pretty soon, right, before they left, we, we did a good job of promoting them on the radio. I got all animated, you know, and I, I was there. was actually this other guy, Scott, right? And I was there, right? And, and so I was on his show. And I was just around because I, I, I was I was doing production. The production like like took a long time, so I was doing production day and night for a while, you know. And and that didn't end up too good that situation, but that's another podcast. <laughs> okay, so I was there. So we would we would push the wrestling thing, bro. We we did one big animated, dramatic kind of stuff for them, you know, and really call attention to it. And they really liked the way that I was getting all animated and, you know, I was doing impressions of handsome Johnny Baran, this guy, this guy used to be a wrestler in, in town when I was fifth grade. And so, and they got a kick out of it and they, they was laughing and everything. And then at the end of the interview, they said, if you boys want to come down and announce a match, just come down, announce a match, you know, for us and, and we let you in free, we give you tickets and they gave us tickets. Okay. In my mind, right? When they said announce a match, I was like, I was like, I was like Scooby Doo, and my ears went up. I was like, huh? <laughs> I was Scooby Doo moment, right, right. And then I was like, oh, nah, 
announcement match at the Blaisdell, right? Now, the Blaisdell, these guys at that point in 86, they was popular. And they had on TV show on Saturday, 1 o'clock on KITV, World Pacific Wrestling, right? And I'm like, whoa, yeah, nah, right? So, so I said, yeah, of course I'll be there. Yeah, bro, I was there early. Okay, in those days, bro, I never had one car. So I call up my friend, right? And this guy, he was on limousine driver. I call him up and I said, hey, you can, you can the kind, cuckoo with me or what? If, if, you know, if you get in, get in with these guys, bro, I go mention you on TV or whatever, you know, I try, cause I told him, I was trying to, you know, see if some way I can get working with these guys. And then, you know, so, so he goes, oh, yeah, no worry, no worry, no worry, bro, we take you. So he, he take me, drop me off, right? So I went in a limousine, right? And people, people thought I was one of the wrestlers when I, when I pull up. Cause we we didn't roll up and <laughs> we get out of the limo and then people was looking at me and we go, oh nah when they when they saw my body type they go oh nah nah he not one I don't know who him but he not one wrestler right so so but they thought right when they saw the limousine pull up and then so anyway so I did you know I went and and I did the the announcing now I went announce like you know hello ladies and gentlemen I did I did, I did like I went amp them like like the most I could right. Cause this was an audition to me. This was an audition, right? And I never care. I never care what they think. I never care what the audience thought. Bro, I went put them in full force, Hawaiians. I went put them in full force, cousins. And I, I gave the best performance. I, you know, so bro, I could have won the Academy Award. The Academy Award for the best performance at announcing my wrestler goes to Junior Kago Ever Junior. Bro, I, I was right there. I was on it, like on it. Right, so so I'm like, okay, so I did I did the best announcing I could and announced this match, you know, and then they, they had me go back again, you know, they go, hey, hey, go, okay, that was good, you like do one more, I go, oh, yeah, I do one more, and they give me one more, so I end up doing three matches that night, like announcing three matches, and the other guy Scott, he did he did like couple, I think he did two or three of them, and then you know, and then so so these guys really like what I did. And at the end of the night, you know, when it's time for go home, you know, this, this guy Ati, and Ati was the was the uh, partner, business partner of Leah Maivia, and Ati said, "Hey, you know what? I, I really, I really see, I really see you announcing for us if you'd like to. It doesn't pay that much, but you know, it 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 pays like we, when we do this kind of stuff, like you know, it pays like two hundred fifty bucks to to do this kind. And this was eighty six Hawaiians." This is 86. 200 bucks was a lot of money, right? I mean, to me, right? This is 80. I never even have a car. I was catching bus. Hello. You see what I'm saying, right? So I'm like, oh, yeah, 250 bucks. Yeah. I'm, hey, no worries, bro. I'm, I'm with you guys. So, so, so I got the job, right? And my job was the, the, the commentator. Okay. So, so started out. I, I stayed with these guys for months. I mean, bro, we, we did, we did the, yeah, we did quite a few months with these guys. I think I did about four or five months with them. And and so in the beginning, right, I was like, we had this guy, Sonny, and he was the, the lead guy, right? And I was there. And then pretty soon, they would make me the lead guy. Okay, but then they never tell Sonny. <laughs> they never tell Sonny. But but Sonny, they, they just went kind of cut down on the, on the amount of stuff that he was doing, right? And so... So, so that was, bro, that was cool. They invited us to the, to the stadium. They had wrestling at the stadium. Bro, we were sitting right up in a, wow, we was in third row. We was in the third row. We was watching the matches, everything. And then so, so then they went, you know, cause they wanted me to see the stuff first. And then they went get me right into the, 
to the stuff and then we we started you know at at the Blaisdell so what they would do is they would film one night at the Blaisdell okay and then we would we would announce everything right do the the work at the Blaisdell and then they would do one day at KITV and that one day they would they would film all the segments for the month for the one month so one month of matches right they would cut up the film right and then one month of interviews at KITV and they would cut them up and so that's what they did, right? And I was like, whoa. And so one night, right, I was at, I was at the, the matches. I got to tell you guys. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how it happened, okay? So it came to me because these guys came to the radio station. I didn't go, I didn't go up, you know, knock on their door. Uh, excuse me, wrestling, uh, the wrestling promotions. I, I like work for you guys. No, came to me, right? This is the law of attraction. And so anyway, I wanted to tell you guys that the, the, the only thing, right, that where my heart sank to the floor, right? I was disappointed. I was because as a kid, right? I followed these guys. Some of these guys had the chic, right? This guy. I followed this guy from small kid time, fifth grade, fought, fought fifth grade, and this guy, well, he his thing was throwing fire, okay? And we had local Samoan wrestlers, right? And one of the guys, right, was um. Well, well, Superfly Tui, right? He was one of the guys. But but the Sheik, right? He was there. Had other guys from the mainland. They, they, they was there. They, they came down. Like like famous guys. Long time guys, right? They came down. And then so they had on match where they had on check. I don't know how many thousands of dollars or whatever. But, you know, they, they put them up. And they put them up on, on pole. So the idea was they, these guys, whoever climbed the pole, and whoever successful climbing the pole, grabbing a check, they get the money, right? Okay. Then they get this thing in wrestling, okay? They, they get baby face and heel, okay? I can tell you guys this because, right, it's on my podcast. You know what I mean? This is my podcast. So I'm going to tell you guys, baby face is the good guy's heel, like the heel of your shoe, right? Heel. That, that's the bad guys. So they, they determine this, like, you know, before anybody goes to the ring. Who's baby face and who's heel? And I learned all these trade stuff, and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that now. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say them on here because that's their industry. I, I respect them. I respect wrestlers. I, I was I was glad to be involved at that time, and then you know I lived my dream. I lived my dream, and then then it was over, you know. So so anyway, so so we I went I was at this match, and I had the headset. Now the KITV van was outside the back door, was parked outside the the Blaisdell. And I had this thing, and the director was in the van. His name was Charlie, right? So Charlie was the director. And he would tell us, like, you know, what to do. He would tell us, like, where to go, whatever. Because sometimes the stuff was scripted. You know, I never I never know. Up until this time, I never know what's scripted. Because I saw some real stuff. I saw Richie Magnet fly over the top rope and hit the cement floor on his shoulder. I mean, I saw that, and, and I'm like, okay, that's not fake, right? I saw, I saw a lot of stuff that wasn't fake, Hines. And and so anyway, the the pole match is going right. Superfly Tui is climbing the pole to grab the check, right? And the Sheik, is, oh, excuse me, the Sheik is is going up the pole first, and Superfly Tui is following the Sheik up the pole, and the Sheik is about to grab the check, right? So Tui starts pounding his leg, starts pounding his leg, right? And then. In the headset, the director, Charlie, goes, I hear him in the headset going, watch out for the fire, watch out for the fire. Because I'm looking straight up at these guys and I'm calling the action. So calling the action means that 
you you say whatever's happening, right? For the people at home on TV. And and that's what I was doing. At, at that point, you know, me me and Scott was calling the action together that night. This was kind of early on before I became the lead commentator. So I'm calling the action, you know, stuff like, and uh, there goes Superfly Tui. He's climbing a pole. Uh, he climbing a pole after the Sheik. The Sheik is almost at the check. I mean, stuff like that, right? So that's what I'm doing. And then, right, when I heard, watch out for the fire, watch out for the fire, in my headset, right, I look up. And I kind of kind of walk back a little bit. And the sheik chose the fire right down on, you know. I don't know. He had on lighter. And he had some kind of liquid in his hand or something. And and he went, throw him. And the thing went like, woof. What was like big, right? So I, And I was thinking like, oh, man. My heart just went sink, right? Because I go, ah, oh, this thing is scripted. This thing is okay. I mean, you know. So the secrets, right? The secrets. Kind of like when I was hanging out with Uncle Don Ho in the, in the old days, right? I saw stuff and I go, ah, oh, I thought it was I thought it was the kind, right? Because it's it's show business and wrestling is to an extent is is show business, right? And then and then so so when I saw that, I'm like, ah, oh, ah, oh, man. And then so you know, and then the the match went and whatever. I I continued to call a match and and whatever. But inside, I was kind of empty a little bit, right? Because small kid time, right? We thought it was real. Smoky time. We thought everything was. We never think anything was planned, right? And that's the the first night that that I found out. Ah, oh, this stuff is planned. You, you see what I mean? Like I, I mean, I know a lot of guys probably would know, or or they would think they would assume, you know. But you know me, I, bro. I give everything the benefit of the doubt, you know. And I think that's why things work out good in my life, because I give everything the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes I get ripped off. Sometimes I get hurt. You know, sometimes, you know, the relationship no work, right? The way I like, you know, and sometimes the, you know, I go to the store, you get ripped off or, or whatever. Somebody rip you off or well, whatever. You, you see what I mean? But, but yeah, so, so, but I always approach with an open heart. Hey, go, it just, just, just go for the gusto, go for the ride, right? Uncle Don used to say, Uncle Don Ho used to tell me all the time, hey, bro, go for the max, go for the max. If the max no happen, you know, at least you get more than you than than you was gonna get if you never if you never give them the max, right? You know, he used to tell me stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that that happened with wrestling, and then we get to the part right where we gotta go do the interview. So that was the wrestling thing that kind of let me down. The other thing that was kind of funny, right? This we had been doing wrestling for a couple months already, and we we did like a couple of of uh, we did couple of uh, tapings at KITV. And that was the old KITV. KITV was on Alamoana Boulevard in those days. So we went down there. And um, it was right on Alamoana. I mean, every time you go to Alamoana, you pass KITV, right? So so we went down the third month, right? And the third month had Tor Kamaka. Bro, he was my hero. He was my hero in the old days, right? And, and Superfly Tui was there and all these guys was there. So Superfly Tui had an interview with this guy, Scott. Okay. I don't like mentioning last names because, you know, we don't like lawsuit, right? But this guy, Scott, and I was there. And I, I went to go interview Tor Kamaka. Now, Tor Kamaka in the old days, bro, he was loud. He was like, you know, he, he was loud. Tor Kamaka was like, let me tell you something, Blairs. He was talking to Lord Blairs, right? He goes, I'm going to take these size 12 Hawaiian feet and I'm going to stick it up his size one okole. Bro, he used to go on like that. Bro, people would 
people would go to the match because they like see all this stuff go down, right? I mean, he would work them up on TV. Was was unreal. This day, he didn't do that. He gave one straight interview, and I was like, oh, I was kind of let down, right? Because I wanted him for yell at me. I wanted him for the kind go off like that, right? Nothing happened. Okay, so then. We, we changed the scene, right? We, we taped my segment, my segment, pow. Now it's Scott's turn, and he get the mic, and he's interviewing Superfly Tui. He's, interv- he's interviewing Tui, and Tui gets kind of worked up doing his interview. And he grabs Scott Allen by the, by the blazer, because he's wearing a blazer. You know, I'm wearing a blazer, because he, so, it's TV, right? It's TV. So he grabs Scott Allen by his blazer, and he shake him a little bit, right? And not really hard, but he shake him a little bit. But Scott is thinking like he's he's gonna be embarrassed on TV, right? But but it's all part of the thing, right? I realize it's part of the thing. Scott don't see it like that, right? And so to even shake him up a little bit, bro. I wish that would have happened to me, right? But nobody did that to me. So so they did that to Scott, and he's holding a the mic there, you know, to Tui. He's holding the mic for Tui, and and Tui's shaking him a little bit, and then he let him go, and then you know, and then but but I don't know, maybe this guy Scott never see the kind interviews like in the old days, but he used to do that all the time, right? And I was kind of let down, never happened to me, but I'm like, yeah, he's all right. So Scott, right, uh, the wrestlers start going home, and only the technical guys, the KITV workers, are there, and the director, you know. And and these guys, and Scott starts saying stuff like, "Well, I do not, I do not work like this. I do not work like this." I mean, you know, and and the guys that are at KITV, the professional guys, right? They they're listening to him talk like this, right? And then he goes home, and I had to stay because I had to I had to uh, pick up something from them, and and I had to wait. I just had to wait. And so I, I was waiting. Everybody else went home. I was the last guy. I was the last guy there with the staff from KITV. And they were putting away everything. From, you know, they were breaking down the set and everything. And they was laughing. And they was going, I do not work like this. Wow, they was mocking Scott, right? Now, here's the thing, always. When you get professionals, when you get professionals mocking you, okay, the, the professionals in the industry mocking you, okay, not good. Bah, that is not good. That that's probably the worst thing that can happen to you, right? But Scott was acting like that, like like he was somebody, right? He was acting like he was somebody. He, I mean, he was an afternoon drive on on AM, okay, AM radio station, okay. That's below FM, okay. If you if you paying attention to the rankings, okay. And 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 then you know, so and then he did that at the TV station. These guys are start start mocking him like that. Oh, I was shame for him. I was shame for him. I was lucky. Nothing like that happened to me, you know. And I and I was there. And I, you know, I, I can't help but laugh. And so we was all laughing and stuff like that, and, you know. But that was the that was the wrestling thing. And when I was in the ring announcing these guys at the Blaisdell, when I was on TV doing this stuff, right? And I used to go watch. I used to go watch them. I used to go watch. Like I would be down serious sometimes. All I wanna say, right? I would just I would just hang out. Cause you know one o'clock coming around right, and and we already taped the stuff right. So I you know I watch I watch it myself on TV and I'm like whoa. And I get in a kick out of this, and it it occurs to me, you know I'm like boo, bro, you're living your dream. Look at that, that's your dream. You was thinking about that in fourth grade, in fifth grade, and now what? Boom, right there. There you are on the TV, right? But I mean, you know, I call my mom. Hey, mom, check, check, check them out. I don't know if she watch them or not. I don't know if she or well, plenty of my friends from from back home 
bro, they, they would call me, and they, you know, hey, bro, it's on TV, hey, you doing wrestling, hey, you commentating, hey, you know, stuff like that, right? I mean, so so that was my dream, and that dream, Hawaiians, was all law of attraction, because I never, I never do nothing. I never go to the promotion office or, or whatever. I did not pursue that. It came to us. It came to me. It came to Scott, right? Pretty soon, Scott went quit. I don't know. He, he wasn't into it. He, he wasn't, you know. But for me, it was my dream. And I stayed in. I stayed in until they stopped doing matches. And I went last five months. And, and I tell you one thing. Those guys, Leo Maivia, the Rock's grandmother, okay? Uh, bro, the Rock's grandmother, okay? She took care of me. These Samoan people, they took care of me. Those Samoan guys, the wrestlers and stuff, bro, they treated me like umbrella. I mean, you know, till today, they're on my Facebook, till today, a lot of them, you know, and until today, bro, I mean, I never had Samoan problems. Okay, and, and what I mean by some of the problems is like, you know, you know when you get somebody like, you know, they they acting tough or whatever like that, and you know if 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 I ever had something like that or or when someone guy ever threatened me or or whatever, all you gotta do is is make that one phone call, right? And and they will they will make one phone call, and the other and the guy the guy will come and apologize. I mean, bro, I seen him with other guys. Nobody ever gave me problems. I never had someone problems ever. But, but I tell you, you know, now, right, I don't know if this is law of attraction or whatever it is, but, you know, because I work very closely with Samoans. And now the American Samoan government office is right next to my office. And, and we've been together up there for 20 years. 20 years. You know, I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. But I do know that the wrestling thing was a desire. Okay. And the desire was in the back filing cabinet. And all of a sudden, the opportunity came, and boom, bugger came out. And there you go, boom, right? The rest is history. And and this is what I'm telling you guys. So for you guys, all you got to do is realize, you know, sometimes you get desire for something or whatever, and then you convince yourself no can. You convince yourself that it ain't going to happen. You convince yourself that, you know, and then what happens? Well, then it never happens for you. You know, I was thinking, I was when I was in radio, I was thinking, hey, one day I'm going to do TV. Hey, one day I'm going to, okay. I was on Checkers and Pogo. You know, that's not a podcast. <laughs> but, but you know, but I, I was thinking like, yeah, I'm going to be on TV. Yeah, I'm going to do some TV stuff, right? And, and that was the opportunity. Boom. Right? Oh, I was on, not only did I do wrestling, but I was on TV. Right? And I was doing radio at the same time. I was doing, you know, weekend radio kind of stuff. But, but it was all like in the same arena. In the entertainment world, right? Bruh, I tell you, that was unreal. And I'll never forget that. And the Rock's grandmother was so good to me. bro. they paid me good. I was making 250 bucks every time I worked for them. And back in the day, bro, I can tell you, I was making $5 an hour at the radio station. One night with them, $250. I mean, it was work, bro. It was work. You know, the, the TV station one wasn't that much. But but working at the Blaisdell and going back and forth and, you know, and the energy, everything like, bro, when you go home, you're tired. You're tired, you know. And and this guy, Aaron, used to pick me up in a limousine. This guy, Caesar used to pick me up in a limousine. And I used to mention him on TV during the matches, you know. And um, so I had I had limousine service. Bro, I never even have a car. I was catching bus the rest of the month. You know what I mean? But But, you know, just for that, just for that thing. I was living my dreams. And and it's awesome when you live your dreams, Owens. Because when you live your dreams... Oh, I gotta go. Ah! Okay, okay, okay.
is awesome when you live your dreams, Hawaiians. You can live your dreams too, okay? If you guys like find out how, go to my website, hereforyou.live. Hereforyou.live. We teach people how to do that. Uh, hey, the podcast is being brought to you by Island Club and Spa. Mahalo to Randy. Mahalo to Jerry. And also by Voice Master Enterprises and AFM Hawaii Music. We're featuring the music of Darren Chinin. It's on iTunes right now. And we're producing Reef Robinson pretty soon coming up. But hey, go check them out. AFMHawaiiMusic.com we see you next time. Until the next time, Hawaiians. I'm Junior Kego Evan Jr. Aloha. Special mahalo to Mr. Wayne Borges and the Wayne Borges Band right here.